0: morning everybody that was so weak i'm gonna give you i know at the west and ridge campuses i got a hearty good morning from them i even got a hearty good morning from the people who are sitting at their house watching online but banks mill you can do better than that let me try that again good morning everybody thank you i appreciate that appreciate you joining us today. I I don't know if you can sense this yet or not, but something is happening at Cedar Creek. Something big is happening. God is starting to break through in His church, and I am so excited about it because that's what this 21-day journey of prayer and fasting that we're on is all about. Now, for those of you who are new, or if you've just been out on vacation for the last couple of weeks, the, the goal of this journey is not only to seek God, but to see a breakthrough from God. To see God break through in the impossible situations in our individual lives, but also to see God breakthrough through in the mission and vision of his church. Because see, here's the thing I know that unites all of us. We all have areas of our lives where we desperately need God to break through. Places where we're facing impossible odds. Unless God does something miraculous, nothing is ever going to change. Maybe for some of you, that's in your marriage or in a relationship. You just need God to break through there. Maybe it's something going on with one of your kids or your grandkids. Maybe for you, you need a breakthrough in your finances. Or or for some of you, I know you need a breakthrough in your physical health. Well, I have some great news for you this morning. And that is that God wants to break through in your life he wants to break through in a miraculous way in the impossible situations and circumstances of your life but i also need to tell you this this is what you need to understand about breakthroughs from god they almost never happen spontaneously Breakthroughs from God just don't sort of magically happen. Breakthroughs from God come when people seek a breakthrough from God. We see that throughout all of the Bible, even all the way back into the Old Testament with the prophet Ezra. You might remember me telling you about Ezra was leading a small group of people to return from exile back to the city of Jerusalem. But to get from where they were to Jerusalem, they had to travel through this incredibly hostile environment, a dangerous trip, a trip that no group this size could ever accomplish on their own. They needed a breakthrough. And I want you to notice what they did to get that breakthrough. Ezra 8 verse 23 there on the top of your outline it says so we fasted and earnestly prayed that our God would take care of us and notice he heard our prayer. Breakthroughs from God don't come with our now I lay me down to sleep God is great God is good wrote childish prayers Breakthroughs come when we desperately seek God in the desperate situations of our lives. And that's what this 21-day journey is all about. And so today, as we head into the last week, and believe it or not, we are going into the last week of this journey, I want us to spend some time this morning focusing on the importance of praying with persistence. Because if you want a breakthrough from God, then the key is to pray persistently to God for that breakthrough. We saw that last week. You remember Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount teaching the disciples about prayer? Do you remember what he said? He said, keep on seeking and then you will receive. Keep on asking. That's when God answers. You want that door to open, you have to keep on knocking. Be persistent in your prayers. In fact, Jesus not only taught this principle in the Sermon on the Mount, but he also used stories, these made-up stories, these parables, with the principle to drive this truth home. In fact, look at what the Bible says in Luke 18.1. It says, one day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should what? What does that say? Always pray and never what? Right, that they should be persistent. In fact, Jesus didn't just tell one story about persistent prayer. He actually told two stories. One story that Jesus told was the story of the persistent widow. This was the story about a widow who had been cheated and wanted justice. And so she went to the courthouse, she went to the judge seeking justice. But Jesus said this was not a good judge, he was not a righteous man. He didn't care about God, he didn't care about right and wrong, and he didn't care about people, and he certainly didn't care about this nothing widow. But Jesus said she didn't give up. Every day she went back to court asking for justice. And eventually this unrighteous judge decided, the only way I'm going to get rid of this woman is to give her what she's asking for. Persistence. Jesus told another story about persistent prayer. It's called the story of the persistent neighbor. This is a story about a man who had some unexpected house guests who came, and he was unprepared. He did not have food for them. The market was closed, and so he did what we used to do back in the old days. He went across the street to ask his neighbor to borrow some food. The problem was it was late. It was after midnight. And so when he knocked on the door, his neighbor said, What do you want? It's late. Why are you knocking on my door? He said, well, I've got out-of-town guests. I don't have any food. I just need to borrow some bread to give them something to eat. And the neighbor said, I'm not getting up in the middle of the night. The door's already closed. The gate's locked. My children are in here. They're already asleep in the room with me. I'm not waking my whole family up just to give you some bread. Come back tomorrow. But Jesus said the man kept on knocking. And finally the neighbor said, I got to get up and give him some bread or he's going to wake up the whole family. Now in both of these stories, the giver is unwilling The giver doesn't really want to answer the knock. The giver doesn't want to give the widow justice. So is Jesus saying that's what God is like? No, there are two kinds of parables that Jesus told. Comparing parables... And contrasting parables. These are not comparing parables that tell us what God is like. These are contrasting parables because Jesus said with both of them, the unrighteous judge and the unwilling neighbor, Jesus said they didn't want to help out unlike your Father in heaven who loves you and wants to answer your knocks, your prayers, your needs. How much more will he give you if you persistently... As. See, the point of those parables is that there's power in persistent prayer. But I have a question about that. Maybe you do too. My question is this. If God does love me and God wants to meet my needs, why do I have to keep on asking for the same thing over and over? Right? Why can't I just be one and done? God, I need this in my life. And God just answer, it. if he loves me. I mean, is, do I need to wear him down? You know, like the judge I just need, like my kids used to do when they were little, they were unbelievable at wearing their mother and I down. It didn't matter how many times we said no, no, no. They just kept on asking, can I, can I, can I? And I'm ashamed to say there were some times when I said yes just to shut them up. Is God like that? Do we have to just wear Him down? just keep browbeating him until he just throws up his hands and says yes? Or maybe we have to keep on asking the same thing over and over because God's so busy, right? I mean, there are over 2 billion Christ followers in the world, most of whom, I assume, pray and ask God for things in their life and so is it like the movie Bruce Almighty you know when there's so many prayers coming in that you can't understand them it's just like white noise. is that what it's like is God so busy and then all that stuff with North Korea going on and all that's happening in Charlottesville all the craziness in the world maybe God's so busy that if I just keep asking every day maybe one day he'll get through maybe one day he'll be paying attention to me maybe one day I'll get to the front of the line is that's why is that why God says keep praying and asking for the same thing over and over absolutely not here's what you need to understand when God says be persistent keep on asking it is not for his benefit it is for our benefit and that's what I want to look at today Four reasons why God wants me to pray persistently Over and over and over, asking Him for the things I need. Four reasons. Number one, God wants me to pray persistently because it keeps me focused on Him. Persistent prayer keeps me focused on God. Because the more I pray about an issue, the more my focus shifts from that issue to God. I remember as a kid growing up in a very traditional church where we sang hymns, we used to sing this hymn a lot. And the words of that hymn were, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. Then the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. It moves our focus. You know, nobody understood this better than David. David, the young shepherd boy who killed the giant Goliath with a slingshot and then later on would grow up to be one of the greatest kings the nation of Israel had ever known, a great leader. But if you really look at David's life, he's a jacked up dude. He's got all kinds of problems, all kinds of issues, and most of those issues are his own fault, they are the result of his own bad decisions, selfish decisions. And yet God says of this messed up man, David, he is a man after my own heart. Why would God say that about a dude that's that messed up? Well, I'll let David answer that question for you. Look at what he writes in Psalm 25, 15. David says, my eyes are always looking to the Lord for help. And he will keep me from any traps. Listen, the the problems that you're praying about, those issues that you want God to break through, they're not obstacles that are keeping you from God. They are opportunities for you to focus more and get closer to God. This is what you need to understand. The greatest need in your life is not temporary comfort in your circumstances. The greatest need in your life is a long-term intimate connection with the God who made you, who shaped you, and has a plan and a purpose for your life. And what persistent prayer does is it leads to that deeper connection with that God. Look at what else David writes, Psalm 105.4 David tells us, search for the Lord and for His strength. Continually seek answers to your problems from Him. Is that what it says? Continually seek His help. Is that what it says? No, it says continually seek what? Seek Him. See, persistent prayer is not just getting God the genie in the bottle to grant our wishes. It's about drawing us closer to Him. It's putting our attention on Him. You've heard me say this a lot of times. The greatest gift you can ever give another person is your undivided attention. Guys, let me just tell you this. Your wife, your girlfriend, that's what she most wants and needs from you. Your undivided attention. She wants your attention more than your stuff, more than gifts. I mean, unless she's a gold digger. Now, if she's a gold digger, you need to leave her and find somebody else. But what she wants is your attention. Why? Because she's so high maintenance and needy? No, because it is an expression of your love. See, you give somebody money, you can always make more money but you give somebody your time, you're not ever getting that back. When you give someone your undivided attention, you are literally giving them part of your life, a piece of your life. The Bible says that God gives us his undivided attention all the time. He desires us to give our attention to him. You remember where you were in middle school, and you had that crush on that person, and they didn't even know you existed. You gave all, you paid such close attention to them, right? You knew everything they were doing, everything they ever said. You, you gave them your undivided attention. They didn't even know you existed. Do you remember how that made you feel? I wonder how God feels. When He focuses His full attention on us. Man, the Bible says God has numbered the hairs on our head. You talk about undivided attention, and yet we focus on our problems and our issues and our circumstances, and we don't focus on Him. Persistent prayer causes me to focus on God. But you need to understand this. Persistent prayer not only helps me know God more, but it actually helps me know myself a little bit better. That's why the second reason God wants me to pray persistently is that it filters my desires. Persistent prayer filters my desires. Because see, the truth is, if God gave us everything we wanted, when we wanted it, our lives would be full of a lot of useless junk, right? Stuff we thought we want, then we'd get it, and we'd like, this isn't doing what I thought it would, and we'd have piles of a bunch of useless stuff. In the words of that great theologian, Garth Brooks, sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Because we think we want a lot of stuff, and if God gave us everything we wanted, our lives would be weighed down. This is like my kids. When they were little, at Christmas time, if we went in a store, anytime after Thanksgiving, they would immediately go to the toy section and point at every toy in there and go, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that. As their father, I was wise enough to know, if I just wait, the things they really, really, really want will be what they keep asking for over and over And over again. And see, that's what persistent prayer does for us. It separates our momentary whims from the true desires of our heart. Look at Psalm 37 4. It says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desire. Now, a lot of people love this verse. Actually, they love the second part of this verse. We love the part about God giving us the desires of our heart. And we like to leave out the first part. So we quote, hey, God's going to give me the desires of my heart, so I'm going to pray and ask for it. Yes, God gives you the desires of our heart when and only when we take delight in Him. When our hearts line up with His hearts. And here's the great thing. God knows what our hearts are really desire, not the whims, not the little things we think we want. He knows the real desires of our heart. That's why so much of the stuff we run after and get just keeps uh, leaving us empty because it's a whim and it never really satisfies. I'll give you an example. The true desire of our heart, every human being, the true desire of every human heart is for intimacy. Intimacy. Intimacy with God. What we do is we run after intimacy from another person and we never quite get it. Because that's not the real desire of our heart. The real desire of our heart is intimacy with our Creator. And when we begin to get that intimacy with our Creator, then and only then can we start to find true intimacy in another human being. Being And so persistent prayer helps me filter out the whims and get to the things that are really needed by my heart. The number three, the third reason God wants me to pray persistently is because it strengthens my character. Persistent prayer strengthens my character. In other words, when I'm working on my prayers, guess what? That's when God is working on me. And God is always more interested in the content of my character than in my temporary circumstantial comfort. God always cares more about our character than our comfort. Why? Because comfort is always temporary. Character is permanent. The character we develop here on this earth will be one of the few things we take with us when we leave this earth. Let me ask you a question. The people that you know who get everything they want, when they want it, do they have more character in their life or less? Which one is it? Less, right? They're spoiled brats. <laughs> they don't have any character. So God knows that about us. In fact, look at Zechariah thirteen nine. God says this, I will test with fire, purifying them like silver, testing them like gold. Then, then they will call on me and I will answer them. Do you notice the order there? First comes the testing, then comes the answered prayers. The delays in God answering your prayer are not punishment because you haven't been good enough or you don't know enough or you're not behaved enough. They're character development 101. By the way, do you know how gold and silver are purified? With fire. You've got to get the heat up to like a thousand plus degrees in order to separate the impurities from the pure gold and silver. And then once it's separated, it's called the dross. And that dross is then removed, leaving the pure gold or pure silver behind. But you've got to have some heat. To purify the metal. By the way, do you know how a silversmith knows the silver is pure? When he can see his reflection in the metal. God wants to see his character reflected in your life. And persistent prayer develops that character. Parents, do you remember the first time you let your baby, your child, cry themselves to sleep? Do you remember that? Did you do that because you're mean and hateful and you don't care about your child? No, in fact, I guarantee you, that night was worse for you than it was for the child, right? But you did it anyway. Why? Because you knew they needed the character to be able to put themselves to sleep. Because if somebody always had to go and comfort them, they would be unprepared for life. Or or how about the first time you left your children alone without a babysitter? When they got to that age where you were ready to test that out. You remember When you were away from them, you were worrying, fretting, calling, probably checking the nanny cam, you know, on your phone, trying to make sure they were okay. Did you leave them because you're mean and nasty? No. You left them because you knew they needed to learn how to make good decisions when you weren't there. And I can tell you, I have seen the tragedy of young people with helicopter parents who never had an opportunity to develop character and wisdom to make good decisions until they finally got away from home, and when they finally got away from home, they had no idea how to manage the freedom, and they went buck wild. And they ran their lives off the track. Why? Because character grows in the testing moments. My point is this. There are some amazing blessings that God wants to give you, but He can't give them to you right now because you're not ready. You don't have the character. And persistent prayer is part of the process of building that character. In fact, in the Old Testament, right, the nation of Israel enslaved by Egypt, the Pharaoh, God miraculously, through those amazing ten plagues, frees them, and he wants to bless them with the promised land. He's got this amazing place. They just got to take this three-week journey across the desert. The problem is they were so weak in character that in three weeks crossing the desert, all they did was complain. No gratitude. We don't like this. We don't like that. God, you're not doing enough for this. So God sent them walking around the desert for the next 40 years. Why? To punish them? That's what we think. But look at what Moses says, Deuteronomy 8.2. It says, the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character. Some of us this morning are in the wilderness of unanswered prayers. And we think we're waiting on God, but the truth is God is waiting on us. Persistent prayer produces a strong character, and strong character leads to answered prayers. And then finally, number four, the fourth reason that God wants me to pray persistently is that it deepens my faith. Persistent prayer deepens my faith. Now, you would think the opposite would be true. Like, if God gave me whatever I wanted when I wanted it, wouldn't that give me more faith in God? Wouldn't that make me trust Him more? Well, think about this. Think about the most spoiled person you know. That person who was given everything they ever wanted by their parents. That never heard the word no. Do those people have a deep abiding love and gratitude for mom and dad? No, they have just the opposite. It's never enough. And that same is true for us. In fact, that's exactly what happened in the Old Testament to a king by the name of Hezekiah, which, by the way, I think is an awesome name, Hezekiah. God blessed Hezekiah when he was king in unbelievable ways. I mean, it was like miracle after miracle. God was just blessing his leadership, blessing the nation. And after a while, Hezekiah forgot where those blessings were coming from and he thought it was all about him. All of a sudden, he got full of pride and arrogance because all this great thing was happening under his leadership. And when that happened, notice what God does. 2 Chronicles 32, 31. It said God withdrew from Hezekiah in order to test him and to see what was really in his heart. Listen, 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 listen. The most accurate measure of your faith is not going to be seen in the miraculous moments of divine intervention. It's going to be in those long nights of unanswered prayer. That's when you know what your faith is really like. When God seems a million miles away and you keep praying and you keep praying and you keep praying and and nothing happens, then you'll know what kind of faith, what is really in your heart. See, some of you, I know some of you this morning came in here and you are on the verge of giving up. You've been praying for that breakthrough. You've been praying for that prodigal. You've been praying for that issue, that thing in your health. You've been praying for your finances months, years, maybe even decades, and you're about ready to throw in the towel. If that is you, I am convinced beyond the shadow of any doubt, God brought you here this morning to tell you, don't give up. Keep on praying. I know it's been a long time. And I know nothing seems to be happening. Don't give up. God hears every prayer you pray. And God is working the moment you start praying. Sometimes he's still working on you when you're praying. Sometimes he's working on the people around you. Sometimes he's working on the circumstances. Sometimes he's just getting the timing just right. But he's still working. Don't stop knocking. Don't stop asking. Don't stop seeking. Let me close this morning with this last verse on your outline. I want this to encourage you. For some of you, you need to write it down on an index card, put it on your dashboard, your mirror, your refrigerator, and let it be an encouragement to you to keep praying persistently. Galatians 6, 9. Paul says, so let us not get tired of doing what is good. Because at just the right time, just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessings if we don't give up. Would you pray with me? Father, I know many of my friends sitting in here this morning, gathered at our other campuses, watching online, many of them have been desperately praying for a miracle. They've been desperately seeking a breakthrough in their lives. And I know, Lord, they're tired, they're frustrated. They feel so lonely and isolated. And God, I think, Thank thank you that you brought them here this morning to say clearly to them, don't stop. Keep on praying. Thank you, God, that we can know that you're working. Every time we're praying, you're working. Sometimes you're just working on us to give us a stronger character so that we're ready to receive that blessing. For some of us, you're working to deepen our trust and faith for an even greater wilderness experience that's headed down the road. Some of us, Lord, are persistently praying and not getting the answers we asked for because you're moving and working and the time's not right yet. Oh God, grow us through this process. Help us never give up. Help us to keep on crying out desperately to you, persistently, like the widow and the neighbor, to just keep knocking, just keep seeking, just keep asking. Lord, that's our heart's cry this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.